0: a dose of hope.com I'm excited for our guest today, Robert G. Allen. Robert is the author or co-author of some of the most influential financial books of all time, including the New York Times mega bestselling, Creating Wealth, Nothing Down, Multiple Streams of Income, and The One Minute Millionaire. Combined, his 11 books have sold over 4 million copies and have spent almost 100 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. His latest number one book is co authored with his son, Aaron, and it's entitled The Four Maps of Happy, Successful People. As a public speaker, he has spoken to audiences worldwide as large as 20,000 people, sharing stages with the likes of Sir Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, and Donald Trump. On the home front, Robert and his wife, Daryl, are celebrating 45 years of marriage and are the proud parents of three children. Robert Allen and Robert have a great conversation about money and creating streams of revenue. He shares a concept that he calls inoculate the money so that it doesn't make you think you are smarter than you are. Robert shares how he's learned how to use money, but the real wealth is the eternal wealth he has grown. Valuing people and relationships creates opportunities to learn, to grow, to serve, and to really help people when they need it. And giving is a wealth multiplier. Well, Bob, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited about this conversation and opportunity to uh, learn from you and share your wisdom with with our audience.
1: Happy to be here,
0: Robert. So I, I usually start each episode with the guests sharing their their entrepreneurial journey. And I know that uh, you, you've had a pretty exciting op- entrepreneurial journey as an entrepreneur and author and teacher. And so I look forward to sharing that. Awesome. so 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 tell me a little bit about your jumping into entrepreneurship
1: and um, my journey, uh, it started in a strange way. I was uh, actually driving a tour bus when I was nineteen years old in Banff, Alberta, Canada beautiful Rocky Mountains. And the the one of my guests um, and his entourage came to Banff and they assigned me to his family. There were like 15 of them in my bus that could seat maybe 30 or 40. <clears throat> so just as an exclusive guest, I took them for the 10 days all around uh, the beautiful Rocky Mountains and ate dinner with them at night and had a great experience. And when we got to the end, they said, well, why don't you just leave your bus and come with us? <laughs> and so I said, where, where are we going? We live in the Philippines. So come on with us. And he was a, a billionaire uh, in the Philippines and he was just traveling the world with his family. And bottom line was I got the chance to go and live in their home in, the, in Manila. And then I got to assigned to one of the vice presidents of one of his companies, a Moralco electric company, one of the vice presidents. I was his assignment to take me around to see all of his various different mansions. And we flew up to Baguio, which is the north part of the Philippines, the capital. And we flew all the way down to the bottom to Davao and to Luzon and all over the place. And We went to I don't know, four or five, six of his mansions, and every place had guests. had his uh, staff, you know, his employees, and I would be treated like royalty. And and um, and then when I came home, I came home early because they said, well, do you want to go to Japan? I said, sure. We went to Japan, and spent, uh, you know, 10 days there. And then he said, you want to go to Europe with us? And I thought, well, at that time, I'd made a commitment. And uh, as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we usually serve a mission when we're on our 19 to 21. And so I would planned, planned to do that for my entire life. And so I, I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to go to Europe with you. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to be called to wherever in the world uh, the Lord wants to call me. And so I came home and I was called to go to Tahiti. And I spent two years in Tahiti and had a wonderful time. I came back and I, I thought, well, I, you know, I, I started to stumble into what my career was going to be and decided it was real estate. And one day while I was in San Francisco, where his home, one of his homes was, is in San Francisco, I went to the home that I had been at with him before we flew to the Philippines and I knocked on the door and I said, hi, I, I'm that crazy Canadian kid that you that you took to the Philippines, Mr. Lopez. His name is Eugenio Lopez, and they said, "Oh, Mr. Lopez, he's died." That's that's an oh, I'm so sorry. He said, "Did you not know?" I said, "No." What happened? Well, you know, when you went went uh, uh, just a few years after your experience with the Lopez's, Marcos took power, nationalized everything, stole
0: oh.
1: everything, and stole Mr. Lopez's everything and so he wouldn't get in any trouble he called Mr. Lopez in San Francisco and said we have captured your son the president of the television station your grand the grand the father of your grandchildren which would you rather have hmm. him or everything else you own and it didn't take him long to make that decision and he gave it all up he said, send my son. And that's what we do for our, our children.
0: Mm.
1: They, they are so much more valuable than anything else we'll ever, ever, ever own. And therefore, my first lesson about wealth was it's worthless. Mm. And yet I still have these dreams. I wanted to be a millionaire. I wanted to be financially free. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so I took my MBA, got a master's in business graduated in a horrible recession and nobody was hiring. And therefore I said, well, what I really want is to be a millionaire. I don't really want to be an employee. So I, rather than getting a job, I, since nobody was hiring, I went right into start buying real estate and I'm single and I don't have much expenses. And I find a mentor that is a multimillionaire in real estate and I coach with him and he shows me how to buy my first deal. And then, and then I bought my second deal, and then, you know, dozens and dozens of deals later, I'm a millionaire. And so that's what got me into this game. Um, but real estate is fun to do, if, and I was passionate. I went to every seminar I could go to and, you know, mentored with everybody, read all the books. I mean, I was just on fire. But then my life changed when I decided to write a book about it. and. Mm-hmm. And my intuition said, it's time to write your book now. And I had no clue that it would be a number one New York Times bestseller that would sell a million copies and would influence the entire real estate investing industry. I had no, I was just, it's time to write your book now. And so I literally, I was working as an investment counselor um, with a real estate license. Um, And I went into my boss and I said, it's time to, my, to write my book now. Here's my license. I will never sell uh, for commission and any property ever again, never. And he was stunned because like, what? You know, you're our, you're our top guy, you know, what, what? And I go, no, no, I will never ever collect another commission, for real estate sale again, ever. And I gave my license back and went to write my book, <clears throat> not realizing that it would be a year and a half, two years before the book would ever come out, that I would not have any money for any other you know, <laughs> chunks of money. I mean, you've gone through that experience recently. And uh, but I followed my intuition. It was like, it's time to write your book now.
0: And so so which was the first book?
1: this was real this was nothing down how to buy real estate with little okay. down and that was written in 1979 which was at, just at the tail end of this huge recession we had been in and 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 people were starting to want real estate the baby boomers were just coming at that exact moment and they were looking for real estate and we were just coming out kind of like coming out of covid for us now it was coming out of this recession
0: yeah we're and, coming out the opposite way though yeah, exactly.
1: That's true. That's true. Interest
0: rates interest rates are going up instead of down. And uh,
1: yeah, that's true. Uh, that is exactly. Interest rates were high at that time. And that's one of the reasons why people would buy a book like my book, Nothing Down. But so it came out in the beginning of 1980, which is forty-two years ago. And um, boy, was that the perfect time? Your time to write your book now. Boy, it could not have come out at a more perfect time. And the baby boomers were hungry. And not just investors, but everybody wanted a real estate. And so my book just dropped into this perfect time frame and the perfect storm of opportunity and number one New York Times bestseller. Whoa, wow. And then and I liked that experience, to tell you the truth. And I realized when people would come to me and they'd say, I read your book and it changed my life. And I would go. Well, I didn't really change your life. I, you know, you did the work. I, I just gave you a few ideas and it was a spark, a catalyst, and you did it. But I have, you know, just thousands and thousands of people would say that to me. And and I started teaching these little seminars and I loved it. I enjoyed it much more than the real estate, frankly. The real estate was good and it was launched me to a new way of of living and a new way of influence. And so the bottom line is, I like to teach entrepreneurs. I, I have my own little businesses too. I've had big businesses and small businesses. I've had businesses succeed, businesses failed. Uh, but frankly, um, ultimately I'm a teacher and that's what I like to do. Nice.
0: Man, there's there's so much good stuff in there. First, I, I, I love that you had the integrity to honor your commitment. Um, to God, to, to your church. Um, And that, that's, that says a lot. And I think that also says a lot about the integrity to, you know, it's time to write your book when, when God says it's time to write your book, you, you honored that and, and he rewarded you. And so (laughs) that, that's uh, integrity's integrity is a pretty important issue in, in, at least in my space and in helping entrepreneurs grow their business um, I think integrity is foundational.
1: Yeah, like you say, you add value to life. <laughs> so that's how I add value. I, uh, I, I like to teach. I like to inspire. I like to empower. That's, that's my purpose in life, to inspire mm. and to empower people to achieve their destiny. So inspire is like give them the hope and give them the, the dream. And, but the empower part is the tools. they need to, You need tools. You not only need the, the information, but you need systems. So information is just really general. Go buy some real estate. But a system is here are the 50, 50 nothing down techniques. And this is, these are the nine ways of finding highly motivated sellers. And these are, you know, the systems that go with so that's one of my one of my gifts is to take complicated things and systematize them. And then my acronym goes with that, save yourself time, energy, and money. That's what's system, save yourself time, energy, and money. And that's what a system does. And it's a, it's a shortcut, you know, because somebody else has paid that price. They've made all the mistakes. They said, do th- do it this way. Don't do it that way. If you do it this way, you'll have a better success. And I made the mistakes and figured out this is the better way to go for it. So,
0: Absolutely. So you mentioned mentors and, and finding, you know, obviously your first mentor found you and, and took you traveling around the world and, and, and yeah, showing yeah. you things that you had no idea existed. So that was pretty, pretty yeah. intriguing that I you accepted of, that invitation.
1: Yeah. I'd never have actually, uh, this, I, I learned lessons, but i never thought of him as a mentor, but you know, he really was it. His, his, his example, he, uh, he was an amazing guy, a giver, real giver, a massive giver. And that's what you find with most rich people. They, they just figured it out. that The more you give, the more you get. Mm, most, so powerful. More poor people, they don't get that. They, they go, got to take care of every little penny. You know, got to be careful. That's why they don't have any more pennies because they well, don't. they
0: and and the more you hold on to it, the more you restrict the flow because money likes to work.
1: Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, it took me a long time to learn that lesson. It was a very expensive, expensive lesson. It cost me millions of dollars to learn that lesson. Uh, ain't never gonna violate that rule ever again. <laughs> I was a hoarder, and I was a well, I wasn't a hoarder. I was, I was, I was a spend it all on me guy. Let's get a fancy car, a fancy house, fancy trips. Let's, you know, let's spend it all, and uh, and not not give much. I I wasn't. I gave some. I wasn't. I had. I paid tithing. You know, yes, but I usually paid my tithing the way we pay our taxes. We pay <laughs> yeah. our expenses and we under shrink down our income, and that's kind of like how I paid my tithing. Uh, my wife hates it when I say things like that because she said, "No, you weren't that bad." But the truth is, I, I, I didn't really have a testimony of uh, of the power of giving. And and if there's only one thing anybody learns today from this conversation, is I don't care how you're going to make your money. Real estate is a great way. I, I wrote the book, Multiple Streams of Income. So you know, go make the money however you want to make it you know multiple ways of making money but the first thing you should invest in is giving when you yeah. make some money you give it away immediately
0: 10% at least so let so let's talk about that transition for you from from spending it for yourself to to giving and and, and how that how that change changed you
1: yeah well it it, it um there was a, a story I tell in uh, one of my books. It's about this minister who's driving down the road, and he sees this beautiful farm and this gl- glowing waves of grain. And he sees the farmer. And he stops his car, and he gets out, and he he says to the farmer, that's a fine crop you and the Lord here have together. And the farmer, a crusty old guy, goes, <laughs> well, you should have seen it when the Lord had it all by himself. and uh that was me that was me because i'm making all this money i got these number one bestsellers. my royalty checks are in the millions and we're spending money like it goes out of style and we build this magnificent cabin in the sundance ski resort in in uh, utah um robert redford's resort and it's a magnificent home it's 10,000 square feet of the most magnificent architecture. Uh, uh, you drive into the ele- into the car here in the garage, and you go up the elevator across the, you know, it, unbelievable, and just unbelievable. And, and on the 13th of February, I know the day, 1986, an avalanche came down and destroyed it,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it was gone. And then the insurance, pulls a fancy little clause out of their agreement saying it's an act of God and they won't pay to rebuild my cabin. And it had been used to, to buy some other real estate as a collateral to buy some other real estate. And the bank calls the loan. And oh. now the collateral is destroyed. So they come after me personally. And uh, within a few months, I'm bankrupt. And from everything in the world to nothing left. And we go to California to start again from scratch. I thought I would never i would I would never come out of that. A, a millions in debt millions in debt. It's a crazy, crazy so what happened is I stumbled into my rented home closet, and uh, I was so beaten I just I was too low. I couldn't get on my knees. I fell on my face. Mm. I said. God, I I don't know what happened here, but obviously I should. I, I I saw when 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 Robert Allen had it all by himself, you know, and uh, there's nothing left. And uh, I'm sorry, but I didn't give you enough credit. You know, you, money goes to your head. It just makes you think like you're smarter than you really are.
0: Yeah.
1: And it and and uh, and you have to give credit. So not only do you give credit, but you got to be a giver. And uh, so. I went to my, my bishop, frankly, and I said, uh, you know, uh, I don't have any money left. I can't pay tithing. And, and he goes, what? You don't have any money coming in? And I go, nothing, no, zero, bankrupt. And he goes, yeah, there is. So you need to pay tithing. And I go, no, it just isn't. Sorry. You know, I'm broke. And I started started thinking about it. You know, I had a couple thousand here, and although the the debts were enormous, and I would never get out from underneath them ever. But there was a little trickle here and a little trickle there, multiple streams of trickles, you know. And so, okay, okay. Here's ten percent. It was just a few hundred dollars, it was nothing really. It seemed like the next week there was a few less problems and little streams of income are a little bit bigger, and I'm not trying to make it any, anything miraculous at all. It was very slow, but it seemed like I got in the habit, like every week, whatever I earn, it goes first to giving. And then I started noticing that when you inoculate the money like that, money is dangerous. It's a disease. And you need to inoculate yourself, and the way you do that is you just figure out where do you want me to give it? Where do I? Where shall I give? You want me to give here? Okay, I give a little bit. I got ninety percent left. I can get whatever else I want on ninety percent. And then the bottom line for me was, man, it just got get getting bigger and bigger and then bigger, and these opportunities started coming to me. And I'm like, where did this come from? i out of the blue, you know. And um, I, I. When I went into my closet that day and uh, fell on my face, I, I just finally surrendered, you know, and I go, what, what do I do? And I had a very profound experience in that closet that day. I don't believe in God anymore. I know that he knows my name. <laughs> and I know that... I have a, a a purpose, you know, uh, and my influence. And um, I know he gets credit first from now on. Robert Allen is just like the farmer in the field who's saying to himself, you should have seen it before when God had it all by himself, but he, he forgot. He forgot the sun. He forgot the rain and the wind. Mm-hmm. And he forgot the seed, the seed. And he forgot the water, and he forgot the fertilizer. He forgot all 99% of that crop was not him. He was 1%. And that was what I had to learn the hard way. And it cost me $10 million to learn Mm -hmm. that lesson. And it's the best lesson. Absolutely. I ever learned.
0: So we mentioned that money likes to flow, and and of course your latest book is Streams of Income. Yeah. So, so let, let's talk about the, the flow of money and 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 what money can do when it when it's allowed to flow.
1: Well, uh, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to buy and you need to invest in things that are residual. Meaning, what you invest in has to have a consistent constant flow of income flowing to it so most businesses and entrepreneurs that are watching this right now they own businesses that are one-time only businesses meaning i sell a product it's one-time only you know um you know i'm this this is my computer keyboard you know i'm only going to buy one of these the next time I buy another computer, which might be five, eight years from now, I'll get another one of these. But in other words, there's no residual income from this. So Apple doesn't get any residual income from this. And therefore, it's one time only. And you notice how Apple did, how they changed the entire model? Rather than having products that they could renew, refresh, you know, version 1.0, version 1.2, but 2.0, they created the iPhone and what is the iPhone? Well, yes, you're going to buy a new iPhone every year or two or three. But look at all the apps on the iPhone.
0: Well, and it really like, started with it really started with iTunes, right? Putting <laughs> putting exactly. music, creating creating a library of music that people paid a membership fee to to participate in and to listen to. Yeah,
1: this this is this is residual streams of income. Hmm. This is money while you sleep. Uh, they create so the first rule as an entrepreneur is select a product that does that real estate is one of those by the way because you have an apartment building it has 10 units in it they got 10 customers every month those same customers have to pay you again and so if they stay for 10 years 10 years times 12 months times a thousand bucks is serious amount of money it's a hundred thousand bucks So most companies, when they have their products, they only have a one-time only. So they gotta go look for another customer. And finding new customers in the cycle of business that goes up and down, when it gets to the bottom of that cycle, nobody wants to buy because it might be a discretionary product. It's not an essential product. So, nope, not gonna buy it this month. (laughs) There, your business is dead. Well, that's
0: that's the the challenge I think many entrepreneurs think that their business the vehicle to wealth and their business is really just a single stream of income that's right the majority a dentist a lawyer uh, th- the majority are simply working exchanging time for money just like an employee yep. <laughs> at a job exchanging time for money and until they decide to put that money to work for them instead of using that money for itself it 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 doesn't change
1: anything absolutely You're and right. i think
0: the the financial advisor model, like my dad, you know, worked 30 years for the same company and he put away, he put away his savings. And, and every time he goes to the financial advisor, they show him this chart that says, well, this is how much money you have. And at the interest rates right now, um, you can live until you're 95 before you run out of money. And so you've done a great job. And that's, and that's what the majority of, financial services is out there promoting as good financial planning.
1: That's right. Crazy. crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. And then, and really, what does that leave for your heirs? What does that leave for your legacy? what is that does your money can your money continue to work after you're here? Yeah. Well, he and
0: only if he dies at 95, right? That's right? If he dies at 96, then he's costing the family money.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, and, anyway, uh, Those are the hard lessons that I have learned in my career. And as an entrepreneur, um, you have to pick investments that have residual money while you sleep opportunities. So that's Mm. what I do. So so here's
0: let's talk about the power of relationships. And I know that a big part of no money down is is relationships and and choosing relationships that I mean, mentors is one, I think, a valuable relationship. But then. Investors and and putting together deals that investors are interested in and want to be a part of, and creating relationships. So let's let's talk a little bit about the power of relationship.
1: Uh, it's all about trust. Mm. That's what you mean by relationship is is having somebody trust you. So when I did this crazy challenge that you've probably heard of before, send me to any city, take away my wallet, give me a hundred dollar bill, and in seventy two hours, I'll buy an excellent piece of real estate using none of my own money. So they dropped me in San Francisco, the LA Times, sent me to San Francisco with an LA Times reporter, took away my wallet at the airport, and now I've got 72 hours. So what am I going to do? Well, there are three fundamental skills that you have to use in conjunction with each other. Number one is systems. So how do I find a highly motivated seller? Uh, What are the techniques, you know, for finding? And I only got three days. I got to find somebody to talk to. And then when I find them, I have to persuade them to go way outside the norms of traditional uh, investing to to sell a property to a broke, you know, know, I don't have any money except a 100 bucks. No cash, no credit, no collateral. N- nothing. no cash flow, no job. none of the things a banker seems to think you need in order for you to get the mortgage and for you to to be able to qualify and it's all about traditional real estate and I'm the total opposite. I am the untraditional un you know unorthodox way of buying real estate. so to prove that they dropped me in a city and said, okay, Robert, if you can't do it, we're going to plaster your face all over this newspaper and saying you're a fraud. But if you can do it, we'll actually put your face on the front page of this newspaper and we'll say, and what, what the actress did, the headline says that buying home without cash, boastful investor accepts time's challenge and wins. That was the headline. Because it took me 24 hours to find my first deal and it took me And when we were done with the first deal, I thought, we got two days left. What's the better story? Well, you lose small or you lose big, which is a better story. And he says, Well, to lose big is a better story. So we went and bought six more properties from for a nothing down deal. And what I was trying to prove by that is that when somebody tells you that you can't qualify for a mortgage, I just laugh. You can't, you don't have a down payment for a piece of real estate. Read my book, Nothing Down. It's full of techniques, it's how to do it. Um, You know, if if you don't have any cash or cash flow, credit or collateral, the four big C's, I tried to show that with none of those things, you use your internal wealth, which is where wealth starts. It's always from your inside. It's from your courage and your character and your commitment and your creativity and all that stuff. That's the source of all wealth. So you could take away all the appearances of wealth and leave me with my wealth and watch what I do and which of what I did, I bought seven properties in 57 hours and gave the reporter $20 in change. Um, that's what put me on the map. You know, it, that's one of the reasons my book was a number one New York Times bestseller because it was on the New York Times list for 56 weeks, you know, 56 weeks on one one book. So this is a huge, huge, huge bestseller because I was trying to teach principles that we don't normally learn in school. You don't learn this stuff in school. So that's what I do.
0: Mm. So powerful. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner, Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson, available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at Empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R 2 Dream.com That's Empower2Dream.com number two, If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So so how did
1: relationships help in that, in that process, building trust? Thank you for bringing me back to your question. Well, I have to sit with somebody or on the phone, talk to somebody and they have to get within a few seconds they've got to go i can trust this guy he's crazy but i think i can trust this guy he's offering me nothing but i think i can win and this is all unconscious it's all so it's all about building immediate immediate trust you know and therefore i come into that conversation with a win-win mindset meaning I can't win unless you win. You got to win for for me to win. So if you're if you're going to lose, I, I will not play. You have to win.
0: Hmm. So,
1: uh, I'm telling you this verbally, but I'm not saying this specifically to the seller. He has to understand that when you hear my voice, the way I say it, there's something that resonates that's true about it, because that's the way I live. That's my internal sees. That's my commitment. That's my character. I'm not going to take advantage of you. I can't. That's not wealth to me. I can't. So I it, it, build, it takes time to build up to that point where you're not tempted to take advantage of somebody because it's, you find opportunities where, yeah, you can, you can take advantage of anybody. And uh, so a long-term answer to your question is um, I want them to win. It's a win-win. I, I learned that from Stephen Covey. I was his, one of his research assistants at BYU when he was here in Utah, and um, he, he taught us it's got to be win-win. Wow. So that's, that's the way I believe. That's what I do. And it's, it's unconscious, and it's quick. It's quick. It's just like I, I want you to win. Nice, and it's
0: so powerful.
1: Yeah, it's very powerful. It's listening. It's listening. Finding out what the problem is. How can I help solve that problem? You know. Well, that's really
0: what makes them a motivated seller, right? It's not. This isn't a typical real estate transaction. These are these are sellers that have something going on that that you're coming along as part of the solution, and and offering them something that helps them win. And allows you to win so both both people can win because they're in a bad situation and and you're creating a solution faster than the typical marketplace would
1: that's, in, in that's looking, for the, looking for the don't wanter, looking for the highly motivated seller and there's only one percent So 99 percent <laughs> of the sellers are not that way so when you try to come in and throw around a little creative financing they go screw you i've got nine people waiting in line to give me cash why why should i even talk to you Yeah so yeah it's it's searching out that's first step is to find the deal find the seller the seller first then you learn how to fund it then you learn how to profit or farm it's what i call find it fund it farm it so yeah you're right that's the that's the relationship part is how you negotiate
0: well, now you mentioned another great mentor. Obviously, getting to to work with Stephen Covey. So let's talk about the value of mentorship and and how powerful that can be for your, for your own growth. And and now, of course, as a mentor, you know,
1: serving others. My first mentor was well, I, Mr. Lopez, I guess. When it comes to my <laughs> my second mentor was a fellow as fellow part of my church group. He's in the leadership, and it's all lay lay people. They don't get paid anything. It's just coming and serving and he was a multi multi-millionaire in real estate and i went to him and i said paul i uh, haven't been able to find a job and i think i'd rather just go make some money in real estate can you mentor me and so that was the first one and then i the second one big one was i want to have a best-selling book so who who has a best-selling book in my city and the gal her name is diane thomas and she had a number one new york times bestseller and uh she had written a book called Roughing It Easy. It had nothing to do with money.
0: Hmm. It
1: was about how you camp and you know cook eggs in a paper paper sack and all kinds of crazy stuff. She'd been on the Today Show and she'd been on Johnny Carson. And and I went to her and I said, Diane, I I, I want to have a book like you, a number one. What, how do I do that? So she says, well, let's go to the bestsellers convention and booksellers convention. It's usually in New York, but this year's in Atlanta. And I let I'll introduce you to the publishers. I never would have known that. I never would you couldn't read that in a book. It had to come from a mentor. And so she showed me and introduced me and I went up to the president of Simon and Schuster right face to face. And I said, "Here's your next best-selling book." And he was looking for real estate books because they'd been really successful with that p- pattern and so the bottom line is by going to the top instead of the bottom, I went to the top and Then when it came to making money on the Internet, which is talking about multiple streams, uh, the Internet was just getting big. And one of my students calls me and he says, you're making money on the Internet, Bob? And I go, no. And he goes, well, you should. I said, well, you know, it's how do you do that? And he says, I'll come to your house, sit at your computer and make you money in minutes. You you want to do that? Well, duh. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Come on over. And he had a little database of like 1,500 people he'd been teaching on the internet on his email blasts and things like that. This is well before 2000. And this is just when the things were just the little peak of what the internet would be looking like. And uh, he says, I'll send an email right here to these people. And he Types the email, he sends the email. I'm in Robert Allen's house. He has this famous program called Multiple Streams of Income. It's an audio program with Nigel Conan. It's about a hundred bucks. You want to buy a half price? I'm here at Robert's house right now. If you order right now in the next hour, I'll get you this. Go no, send me your credit card. Send me your address. You know, and he sends the email and he says, watch your clock, watch your watch. Let's see how long it takes. 61 seconds. The email comes back. Is that still available? I want it. And ding, 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 my emails bing, dinging away. And I'm going, Whoa, how the heck did you do that? How much would it cost me to have you mentor me? He's my student. How much do you need? He says, Six grand. I write him a check for $6,000 on the spot. And I said, Teach me how to do that. <laughs> so it took nine months. For us to build a website, build a database, all that stuff I'd never done before. Uh, webs- I'd never sold anything to our, my email list that I just gave, 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 gave give, 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 give. It it's principle of giving. And then 11, nine months later, I sent an email to my database of 11,516 people. And I said, I have several ways that I could coach you. I've got a, you could come to my home. It's like three grand. You could buy this audio program, you could get this book, you could get this, and there were like, like six or eight different things they could buy. And I pushed the button, Dave was my mentor, David Ledoux was my mentor. And in one day, $94,000 flowed into my bank account in one day. And then within a, another few hours, $100,000 in Little over one day, and thanks to David, I would have never done that.
0: You know. Well, before. now that laid the groundwork for doing it in one minute,
1: right? Exactly. There's where the one minute millionaire came from. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And and you oh. just used you just used a little different list.
1: That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. If anybody has a big list, if, if you only get one one tenth of one percent respond to you. With a very compelling offer, they'll spend. They'll send you a hundred, in this case, three thousand dollars from just an email. And so, anyway, um, I've had many mentors in my in my life. Um, right now, my one of my mentors is uh, Chris Krohn, who's teaching me how to do social media.
0: Hmm.
1: Chris, you might not have heard of him, but he's he's the next biggie. He's he's big. Uh, sometimes when they get too big, you know, the FTC comes after you and they start saying, nah, you no, know, she can't get that big, but let's, <laughs> hope, let's hope he makes it through. The FCC, FTC, one of those guys. You can't make promises. That, that- yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. he's teaching me to do social media. And so if you've ever seen me on social media, TikTok, you know, Facebook, there are seven ways to get your message out on social media And I saw him in a speech a year ago, and he goes, I'm doing 700 pieces of of email, of of media per week. And I'm thinking, what? How the heck do you do that? And he goes, I just record two or three hours of video every week and some little snippets, little one-minute pitches, and I do that one day a week. And then I send it to my team in the Philippines, (laughs) and they slice it up into uh, 100 different chunks, and then I put it out to the world. And the world loves me back, you know? And I give, so 99.99% of the people who received his social media messages, never send him a dime. But that one tenth, of 1%, serious money. <laughs> and so I said, show me how to do that. And so I'm his mentee right now. And boy, my social media last August was zero. A month later, it was 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 views per week. 1.2 million views on TikTok. One, one video went viral. Two million views on TikTok. Uh, so I've, I saw your first deal. on. You, you
0: made a video in front of the first house that you ever bought. And, and I saw that video like last
1: month. Well, <laughs> that's brand new. That was shot last October, actually. And uh, so he spent... You know, four or five hours running around all the properties I've ever bought. So um, that's the way the influence gets spread out there. And and he's my mentor. Oh boy, I want to find whoever is crushing it, and I want to be right next to him. Man, I want to and whatever whatever it costs, I want to be there because they paid all the they made all the mistakes. You know, it took him two or three years to figure out that that uh, system, but now I can learn that system. Uh, it, almost effortlessly, you know, uh, I don't have to spend a hundred thousand dollars trying to figure out how to do that. Uh, just go to the guy who's doing it and say, do that for me. And we split profits, frankly. So those are, that was the question you had about mentors. I could go on, on that for about a month.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, but the bottom line is if you want to learn something, you can find somebody that's doing it and, and come alongside them either paid or you know, work for them or, you know, volunteer to mow their lawn so that they'll teach you something.
1: Yeah. And the biggest mistake I ever made was not to do more of that. Hmm. Every big surge in my career has always been mentor based. And then you go into see the money makes you feel like you can do anything. So you start thinking you are the expert. If you're the smartest guy in the room, that's stupid. (laughs) That's the dumbest thing you can do. You walk in a room and they're all looking at you as the smartest guy, smartest gal. You're in the wrong room. You need to go find a room where you're the dumbest person in the room. Where, you are like, where you're looking at these guys and gals who are your, your peers and you're going, whoa, look what this person is doing. I can't believe it. I, what, you know? So I would have, should have joined and didn't. More masterminds more hanging around my peers who are crushing it. I was just too busy, you know, being my mentor to millions rather than figuring out how do I go to the next level and the next level and constantly growing and learning and never marinating in your own juice like you think you're really cool. You know, you're not cool. You know, you're just a beginner to lots of people. So go find the room where you're the dumbest person.
0: Well, and there's so many rooms today, like even yeah. virtual rooms, but there's yeah. rooms that you can get into that that have, you know, 100 people that are yeah. doing more than you're doing. And and of course, you need to be in rooms where you can help and, and pay it forward. And and exactly. those those come they come together. Right. They come kind of as a package because you'll get invited. If you're in that other room, you'll get invited. Hey, come and teach. Come and share. Come. And, and, and so those. Those things create not just relationships,
1: but but momentum. Well, we're in the we're in the power room together. That's how I met you. So here are people who invest, you know, twenty twenty five thousand bucks to hang around other people who are making serious bank. <laughs> and uh, and I'm in that room. I'm I'm more famous than almost anybody in that room. My my books have sold more books than anybody in that in that entire room combined. Probably,
0: <laughs> most likely.
1: Yeah, most likely. However, I'm feeling. I'm hearing the speakers talk, and I'm going, what, 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 what? You know, and I'm talking to people individually because everybody has their own little secret, the little thing they figured out, their own little method, you know, system, and uh, they'll share it with you, and they'll go, "This is how I figured this out." <laughs> Therefore, it's it's speed dating, space <laughs> <It's> basically- <laughs> It's like you get to learn from all these other smart people. And uh, I just didn't, I didn't do as much of that as I should have in my career. Should have been joined two or three masterminds. And now I am. I'm part of several masterminds now. And I go there and, I'm, uh, and on some subjects, I am the dumbest guy in the room. Um, and certain things that they figured out that I haven't figured out yet. So
0: nice. The uh, I think one of the things obviously some people learn in the process um, figuring out is the, the power of gratitude and and how gratitude can shift um, your thinking. It shifts that. I think it shifts that how you come across when you're you know, developing that trust. I think gratitude is, is is really powerful. How has gratitude
1: served you in, in your journey It comes back to, to uh, giving. Um, you can give your time. You can give your money. You can give your knowledge. You can give a smile. You we can, There are so many ways to give. And why do we give? This is where people um, misunderstand the concept of giving. Mm. They think, if I invest in the bank of higher power, he gives a good rate of return on that money. So if I invest in God's bank, then I will, that's, see we all have different religions and we have different belief systems, but most people I talk to around the world have a belief in a higher power, no matter however they interpret that word, those words. But uh, they, they, they're, they're encouraged to be a giver, and so they go, "You know, God wants us to be generous, so that, so we, we say, well if I, if I'm a giver, then then uh, God will reward me a hundredfold." And this is the way I think it's taught. This is a miss this is a this is my own opinion, so don't make sure it doesn't offend anybody here, but I think it's taught wrong, it's badly taught because Sometimes people ask for money because they want to they want your money, you know. So they'll say whatever they need to say to get your money. And I think giving is you already got the blessings. It's not blessings you're going to get. You already got them. You already are so overwhelmingly blessed. You will never repay this in a million years. Mm so we don't give because we want to get we give because we're already overwhelmingly blessed we are so we should be so grateful for every breath we take that that we should go all you want me to give is 10% duh yeah yeah i can do that i can do that it's just nothing and then what happens is just the exact opposite it seems like you can't give enough. It's just like it comes back in multiple ways, but you don't give because of that. You actually are embarrassed by that. Like I, I get more. I, I don't want more. I'm trying to pay back what I've already gotten. What, what is this deal here? This this and most people the, the reason I, I say it that way is that you ask me what is gratitude. It's a long way of answering your question. This is how I learned about giving because I wasn't grateful enough. And then when it's all gone, wow. You go, wow, look what I just squandered. Hmm. And I was so blessed and I didn't even recognize it. What an idiot. And and please God, I will certainly be much more giving in the future. And not because I have, don't have an, I've, I've already, I'm living in the most wealthy country on the planet. Hmm. More millionaires here than any country in the world. Um, more opportunity here is ridiculous. its ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We're, rich, we're, we're, we're you know, the poorest person on this country is is richer than the than the than the richest person in almost any other country, and we just take it all for granted. And it's—and I had to learn the hard way that I had taken it for granted, and it was a very very expensive lesson. And I'll never make that mistake again.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing it that way. I I really appreciate and, and love your heart in that and 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 believe exactly what you believe that oh. that too many people are giving to get and and that's the pretty a pretty low vibrational level. Yeah, it's, it's transactional.
1: It means I'll give you something if you give me something back. That's negotiation. That's transactional. It's not Absolutely. transformational. Transformational means. I give because I'm a giver. That's what I do. As mm. long as I give on that, breathe on this planet, I'm going to give. I'm going to give as much as I can. That's transformational. And then watch what happens. It transforms mm. everything. You see everything through the eyes of gratitude. And and thank you, thank you. Um, I woke up in the hospital after a car accident, and. Uh, I was almost dead and I, I remember correctly, I opened my eyes and I go, where am I? Where am I? And my, my wife is there, my sons are there. And I started to say underneath my breath, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So that was, 20, was 17 years ago, hmm. every day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Every breath. Wow, thank you, thank you, thank you. Then creating more wealth, you know, if you will, more opportunity. Just thank you. It's everything. Everything is grateful. Mm, so powerful. Every, every day is Thanksgiving.
0: We talked earlier about the money issue, right? Like, I, I wrote in the very beginning of my book, you're an entrepreneur because you want to make money and you started your business to make money but it can't be about money <laughs> and so yeah. so that's the that's the rub with the same thing you you want to give and but giving can't be about the money it's got to be about everything else and that yeah. gratitude is what switches ch- that it flips that switch spiritually it does mm.
1: yeah then you become where do you want me to give oh like um there was a well. anytime I go to one of these events, they're always raising money for something, you know. And so as um, they should, as, as as they should, and I'm going. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. You know. So absolutely, life is, life is good, Robert.
0: All right, Robert. How how important is playing fun? We've caught. We've talked a lot of seriousness, but but how important is playing fun?
1: You know, I'm not. I'm not much for playing fun, to tell you the truth. Uh, I I did before my car accident. I was a pretty funny. I was a fun guy. My my wife liked the old me better. Oh, yeah, she did. Uh, <laughs> I can still I can still laugh it up with anybody. Uh, but you know, it's it's life has gotten more serious when you realize it's short. And so I I used to be more fun. I'm not I'm not as much. Um, I, I need to I need to probably do the more of that, but all right. So I'll
0: push I'll push a little little more. How what was your favorite date or most memorable date with your wife?
1: Oh well my most favorite date was the day I proposed to her. So I was back when I was making some good money and I had I bought an airplane and I would learn how to fly it. And so I was single and I Picked her up at the Salt Lake City Airport and got in a little my little plane and flew her out over the temple. And I said, "This is where we're going to get married." I look in the uh, in the glove compartment and she opened the glove, the, and there was a, a diamond in there. And I said, "It's either you put that on or you can get out right now."
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the ultimatum. <laughs>
1: So we we yeah we never forgotten now and and obviously we travel we travel a lot we go to Japan just recently just before covid we flew back on the 8th of March after spending a magnificent week at at, um, at, a, at a at a resort in in Japan oh That's my that was good timing God. spectacular resort we'll never forget the food the unbelievable expensive <laughs> but we drove we flew back into and through Seattle, and the next day, everything shut down.
0: Yeah, crazy. So
1: my international speaking business died that day. <laughs> Yours and many others. Yes. But, um, but you know, I can do it on Zoom like this. We're doing it. Hello. I'm sitting in my chair. In Absolutely. My this is where I live. Yep. So. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we like to do that. We like to travel. We, and COVID has kind of killed that. So we're starting to come out again. We're, we're just asking yesterday, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go next? Um, we love to go to Italy. It's just magnificent. I've got a, a mentor. I'm, I'm a mentor, too. Ed Italy's number one money guy. And, and he has his big conferences that I would speak at. And now they were dead, so we had to do it on Zoom. But when we go to Italy, oh, my gosh nice the food the clothing the people oh my gosh it's just lake como and all of them. oh man i like to create memories so that's if i want to have fun if you want to put fun on me that's what i like to create memories
0: memories like are memories are plenty of fun so so that's fantastic all right i'm going to i want to challenge a little uh, or just get your opinion i guess um, we have a different little different faith background but i've been around I grew up in the scouts and and been around LDS all my life and, and have seen so many successful millionaires come out of the LDS church. And I just, for me, I, I, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a coach, as a, as a, just a curiosity, part of me believes that the power of going door to door for two years in another (laughs) country, another place has, has a huge weight in that. But then also the, the mentorship or encouragement from, yeah. One brother to another, and I don't know the exact root of it. I just it's something that I've noticed, and and I feel like I, I can see the value in a couple of the pieces of of the mission work they do, of the yeah. um, experience they trade. And so I just wanted to get your opinion.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Rejection's a biggie, and uh, most people are afraid of what other people think of them, and so when you go on a mission. You are literally sharing a message that you think is important to people who may not think it's all that important. And then may they might think your way of doing it is actually the least important way to do it. So you you end up with lots of rejection after a while. And after a while you go, is it true or isn't it? If they don't want it, that's okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna plant the seed. And if they don't, if they want to kill it, they're welcome to kill it. But if they want to plant it, let it grow could grow into a magnificent tree of life for them. And so you, you plant lots of seeds and you learn to handle the, the rejections, um, but still that didn't take away from me, you know, fear of what other people think of me. I, I, I still have to deal with that, everybody does, but this was a good training ground, that's true. And then, then we're, we're taught from a very young, young age to, to speak in public. So we'll, there'll be 30, 40 of our little compatriots, the little kiddies, you know, and in a, in a group we call primary. And a primary is where every, every Sunday they go into and they learn. They sing songs and they have a wonderful time. And then they have little talks. They give a talk. And they're, so their moms and dads help them prepare these yeah. little talks that are one minute, two minute long. And you got to stand up in front of your your peers and Give this little talk, and it's terrifying most of the time. Until eventually, you see everybody else doing it, and you go, "Well, if she can do it, I guess I can do it." So, in terms of uh, communicating, communication, we learn a very young age. It's it's okay. It's okay, and so so we are good at teaching. We're good at and organizing. And then we see uh, our peers. You know, there are it's true. There are a lot of very successful people. Why? Why is it that that's a very crazy group of people living in Utah. You know, um, why why do they seem to spawn lots of financially successful people? Well, I I think it comes back to the tithing part because we we are givers. We are, we've just been trained from our youngest ages to give. You know, when we got when we got 16 cents, we give one of it away, one one penny of it away. Um so we see lots of people succeeding but still still there's still the stigma in a, in any church frankly the stigma about money people people who make money you know and and the and the lies about that they permeate every every organization even churches because they go you know we're not supposed to be rich, you're supposed to be poor you know isn't that isn't that what Jesus taught us I don't know if he taught us that way frankly it's there's a lot of really uh, there are a lot of lies about money. And his
0: his messages his messages were abundance and multiplication, and so exactly. somehow somehow we miss that.
1: Yeah, we do. <laughs> well, I think I, the way we miss it is and I don't know if you believe in a in a in a dark force and the, the devil or Satan. Oh,
0: absolutely! He's trying to rob us of God's purpose in our lives. He's no gonna,
1: doubt. these little these little lies, like it takes money to make money. That's a lie. Like. Uh, you have to you have to take advantage of people in order to get ahead. That's a lie. You you have to, you know, rich people are bad people. The, the this is this is the lie. It's it's behind every great fortune is a great crime. Oh. What is that supposed to do to you? Mm-hmm. So when you see all the bad news and the, the 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 TV and, and the internet about these rich people and their great crime has been discovered, and everybody starts thinking that's it. You can't make money. Uh, you people, money people are always evil, and 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 it is true. Yes, money is a drug, and it does definitely does turn some people. No doubt about it. That's why the way you inoculate, I said earlier, is you have to give. You got to give mm. some. You got to give first. You have to be a first giver, not a last giver. I means you got to give it away immediately so that it it's out of your life, and you've paid. You paid. You you <laughs> You anyway. So this, uh, these lies, uh, are permeating everywhere. And so sometimes, uh, when you're in a church organization, sometimes even in my church organization, they, they go, yeah, you know, I don't know, how did he, how did he make his money? <laughs> and, um, and that was hard for me. I, I really had a hard time with that one. because I, I, I didn't want to be that way, and I didn't want to be perceived that way. And um, and then finally, I, I I just began to to say that this these opportunities that come in my lap where are they coming from, you know what am I supposed to do throw these gifts away then not pers- not magnify them isn't that what the Bible says you know you give a person some talents what are they supposed to do with it bury it M- multiply, multiply it, it. <laughs> yeah they're supposed to multiply it and then I began to realize that you know giving is not subtracting from your wealth it multiplies it Mm. and these are hard lessons they're not they're counterintuitive they don't really don't make sense that giving something away would actually multiply what's left it's just crazy so absolutely so yeah i you know for those of you who who want my want a copy of some of my my spiritual lessons you know go to robertallen.com and an opt-in and I'll send you a bunch of stuff and then you'll have my email address. And then email me and say, Robert, you were talking stuff that resonated with me. Tell me more and fine. I'll be happy to. But in the meantime, like you and I, we resonate on the, on the wholesale level. Like there is a higher power on the retail level. It's a little different, (laughs) but the bottom line is, yeah. Is there, supreme being? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Does he love us? Yeah, we're his kids. We're his teenagers. That's the problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he wants us to love others. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So well, thank
0: you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate all that you shared. And I am so blessed by what you taught and, and what you shared and, and appreciate your vulnerability and authenticity in, in putting your life out there.
1: Thank you, Robert. Send me a link to, I want to watch what we just said. I might go, Ooh, ooh. Uh, <laughs> <let me see. laughs> I doubt it. it. It was all pretty good
0: stuff. So thank you
1: so much. And go to robertdown.com If you want to learn more of anything that I'm doing, send me an email. Let me respond to you and my best to you, Robert. Have a great day. God bless everybody. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed the show, please like subscribe
0: or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Tony became known as the side hustle millionaire after his book with the same title became a number one bestseller on Amazon. Tony once led a successful corporate career for over 25 years, but that's less interesting than the side businesses that he created and generated millions in profit.